Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Greenfield, where real people connect. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Matrix Greenpool podcast. I'm your host, Hilmarie Hutchison, and today I'm excited to welcome a million-dollar business entrepreneur, Gaziza Yespayeva. Gaziza is originally from Kazakhstan and started her journey as a young woman with big dreams. At 17, she started her first business, and through hard work and dedication, and many ups and downs, I hear, she is now recognized as the girl who created millions. Super exciting. Let's hear from Gaziza herself. Gaziza, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me here because uh, this is my first podcast in English, and I'm a little bit scared, but I think everything will be okay. Yes, you can relax. Yeah, thank you. To start off, could you please tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? My name is Gaziza and I'm 30 years old. Now I'm living in Dubai, moved in here eight months ago, and now I'm starting two business projects. So one of them is uh, not school of drums uh, with my partners. And the uh, second one is uh, girls uh, treatment salons, healthcare massage salons. So we are opening two network chains here in Dubai and uh, we are directly looking for opening uh, the chain in the Middle East. Sounds really exciting. Now let's go back to your childhood. I believe you made a vow that you would never work for anyone. Can you tell us a little bit about that and uh, tell us maybe walk us through some of the pivotal moments that shaped your determination and drive? This is a long story, you know. My mother divorced with my father when I was one and a half years old. From that time, my grandma with her husband took me to race. And until my 10 years old, I called them like my mom and daddy, and I was living with them. And we lived well, but uh, in my seven years, some of circumstances happened that led us to stay where grandmother and I had nothing to eat. This is the Secret long story, like I told right now, but this was the decision, and the, this is what the result. When I thought at the age of seven, I told myself that I would never work for anyone, and I will make my own money. I will have my own business. This was the time when I make this decision for me. Now it's fashionable to call it like feminism, but it was, but I was a very young girl and I didn't know what is it. I decided that I will have my own money for every time. For you, it wasn't feminism. It was out of need. You could see that you needed to make your own path to be able to provide for yourself and not rely on anyone else. Yeah. Starting with $20 in your pocket, you had a vision of selling scarves. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And also, maybe you can touch on your first major setback and some of the lessons that taught you. Yeah, this is another story in my life. About then, I cried, of course. But now I consider that it was a cool experience rather than a failure in this time. I started with 20 doors, bought three scarves, resolved them for the, for three times the price. And within a month, I made my first, uh, something similar like 800 or $1,000 simply by receiving various SSRIs on my social network. It was, uh, VK, something like Facebook. 
in Russia, we have other social network. Name it Vkontakte. Maybe some of our guests will know this network. So I sold uh, the scares and uh, other accessories on this network. And uh, for a whole year, I worked like this, uh, placing orders at night and uh, in the morning taking parcels. I delivered them to customers by bus, by myself. I didn't uh, particularly tell my parents what I was doing, saving up all the money for my future store. I did it every time on the night and every time on the way to the university. And a year later, I opened a small store, like uh, 20 square meters and ordered goods for $10,000. That's when the first uh, big problem was happened with me because the goods from China simply didn't arrive. And the supplier with whom I worked for six months simply didn't get in touch with me. Now I think that uh, this gave me growth. Because I decided that I needed to sell goods which we produce by ourselves in our country and not to depend on suppliers. And that this is the next uh, step on my way in the business, I think. And I think this time was the first big problem that I had, but uh, this one the first time when I grew up. What a story, though. My goodness. First of all, I love your resourcefulness. So you decided, I'm going to make my own money. You found scarves and accessories. You would buy them and then resell them and get on the bus, go deliver. This is not just easy. I mean, this you are studying at the same time. So using every spare minute to get your business started and saving up your money until it was $10,000 you lost ordering from somebody who just ghosted you and never delivered the product. So a really hard lesson to learn. No doubt. My goodness, what a start in your career. But you said that was a good learning experience. And then you went on and you started some new stores. It was in high fashion, as I understand, high-end fashion. How did you identify the demand for high-end fashion in Kazakhstan and manage the rapid expansion of your stores? The second uh, step of the business was uh, these uh, seven stores we opened with my husband, but it was the time after two years from this story. By that time, I was married, already engaged in the production of jewelry and sold them for $100 per piece. And this is the small story of my small business. I don't tell anyone about this. But it was necessary to create a more serious business with my husband. And uh, we decided that we can organize events for small designers like me who made uh, something similar like maybe maybe jewelry, maybe uh, some uh, designer clothes. And uh, we decided that we will make an event and uh, we'll make a sales amount artisans for them. And we will invite some customers for these events also. The success was overwhelming because it took from us like uh, two weeks from idea to implementation. And then, uh, if I'm not mistaken, like 1,500 people attended the event in one evening those times. Wow, that's incredible. You did this in two weeks. Yeah, it was like we were lying on the bed at night and we thought about something big, what we want to create. 
from us. We said about the stores or events or something like this, and we had one idea to make this event. And you know, this idea was uh, so huge and so inspirational for us. This is the reason that's why from idea to making this event uh, gone only two weeks at all, I think. People began to ask for where they can buy these products on a regular basics when they were on the exhibition. And uh, they didn't want to wait uh, for the next exhibition. We immediately realized that we need to open the stores. And you know, it was like uh, very fast growing up. In one and a half year, it becomes well, from one to seven stores in different cities. It's not worthy, but uh, we have invested all our funds in the opening of new stores that time. What an incredible story and what an incredible fast expansion to go from one to seven in one and a half years. What are some of the challenges you had during this expansion? The very first and biggest problem that we were opened the store after store and the demand was gay. But the goods were literally in countable units because we took rental payments from the designers to display them in our store. And the thought that the designers needed it too. We was... Uh, entrepreneurs and we had a business and for us it was a really big business but the designers had only the creativity it's like uh, when inspiration came they came up with one dress and gave it for tailoring for five pieces you are waiting for these five pieces for selling them and the designers are waiting to become a millionaire but that doesn't work for a year, we were looking for really cool designers with large volumes, but it didn't happen. And then we decided that it is the time for us to produce clothes by ourselves. There are shops, there is a team, there are customers and the demand. And I remember we sent off uh, like uh, something similar, like uh, 200 summer blouses for the first batch and uh, sell a small price for them. If I'm not mistaken, we sold everything like in one or two weeks in those times. And after four months, we built up uh, a workshop and produced uh, from 1,000 until 1,200 and something similar like these units of goods per month in it. And we worked with them five years. Really fast expansion, really having to also pivot. So having to think, okay, what's the next thing? What's going to work? What's the demand? And pivoting and changing as you could see where things are going. Really incredible. So then how did you end up in Dubai? We worked with our chain, with our stores, with designer clothes until 2021. Then we closed up everything because I thought that I do this business seven years at all. And I wanted to grow up. I wanted to make something better. I wanted to make something bigger. All of last three years, I dreamed about something international. And uh, I started to thought about the treatment salons for girls because it will be easier than to make the clothes by ourselves than to produce it by ourselves in our country, you know, because open the stores or opening the salons, it will be easier because you are just making the decision of where you will stand, taking the office or rental a shop, contracting there. And after you are making the command and uh, hiring people who will work with you, and that's all. 
in the dresses, in the preparing clothes, it took time like from five to six months for preparing the clothes and after one or two months for selling them. The time is very, how I can say. And a completely different business model that you will be following for the salons. So that's very exciting. Yeah, I decided that I should make something bigger, make some bigger chain in international. And the first uh, city I wanted to went, it was Dubai. In the January, when I came here, after two months um, living here, I thought and I recognized the opening of the one salon here will be very costly. It looks like similar, like more than $3,100 for opening one so on. And I thought that this is the very high cost for business because uh, last my businesses I opened like one or two and five thousand dollars. For example, for one uh, store, we spend it like uh, not more than five or seven thousand dollars. Then I decided that I should uh, find out the partners, that I should find out other business with whom I can open it more easily than it's now. I tried to find out something and uh, I followed uh, the girl named Tatiana Bibik from Russia. And she has her international big chain, includes more than 200 schools of musical classes for adults. And I thought that this is the not bad model for business for opening here. I tried to call them. So we have their meeting each other like 30 minutes and after they gave me the potential investors who wanted to open uh, these classes here in Dubai with somebody like franchisee like me. So then we decided that we will meet with Leonid. We met with him like also 30 minutes and not more and uh, we decided that we want to open not one, two, three or five, that we want to open more than 100 uh, schools here in the Middle East and uh, Leonid becomes my prime partner here. So this is the one other story of successful for me. Fantastic. So now we've moved away from the salons talking about the project to do with music. So the name that I've got for this project is Not Schools Drums. So can you explain that name to us, uh, please? Okay, why it named like not schools of drum? Because when we are telling that this is the school, some people think that we're teaching kids, but we are not about the kids, we are about adults and we are about hobby. We are not just teaching, we are making a hobby and making a community for adults uh, who wants to after work to come to us and having a, a relaxed, uh, having a great community and uh, taking a new friends for example, because Dubai is so big and has so different nationalities. I know by myself that to find out the friends here, it's a little bit difficult for everyone. So this will create some kind of community as well for people to get together with like-minded folk. And it's to learn to play instruments only, or is it for singing and dancing and acting, or is it instruments only? 
it's like uh, having enjoy with the music and uh, dancing and instruments also. So we create a community for people who want to be inspired, enjoy life in sustainable ways. Because we all get tired after work or after work of our projects and we want to spend the evenings and have friends in interesting company a couple times a week. We think that making music having enjoy, making dancing maybe in our school and spending the time with friends, developing new skills by teaching. It's better proposal than just sitting in cafe as it's often the case. You are planning to do open a hundred of these schools or not schools, I guess we should say. Is that all over the UAE? It will be in the UAE, in the Saudi, in the Qatar, in the Oman and the other countries in Middle East. Excellent. And how many students do you plan to have in each location? In each location, it should be like not less than 200 students uh, every month. In Dubai, for example, we want to open from 7 until 12, uh, not schools. And the time that it's open, is it open all day or is it only open in the evenings, on weekends or what? No, it's opening from 10 a.m. until 12 p.m. Because our teachers uh, will teach uh, the customers until 10 p.m. But after 10 p.m. until 12 p.m., they can come and just have an enjoy playing, having enjoy playing their instruments for free. Sounds really exciting. I'm really looking forward to visiting one of the not schools to see how it all works. Sounds fantastic. Of course, of course. I will invite you, of course. Balancing entrepreneurship and leadership requires exceptional skills. How do you manage to maintain a cohesive team across different store locations? Now you're doing international projects. How do you manage your team? The one way how we can manage and how we can work for a long time with people it's to know their values. I work with people on the level of their values. When hiring a person, it's important that the international values and the principles correspond to the set of qualities that are necessary for a particular position. You don't need to force or once again motivate or direct. You just give the task, the deadline, for its completion and the reward for speed. For example, all stores in different cities with uh, closes work independently in this way. I didn't go there like uh, more than one year in each of the store. And uh, I think that the working by the values with people is the best way to have a good team. Excellent insight. So you find people that has similar values so that you're on the same page and then you don't have to be micromanaging them, checking on them all the time because you know that they're going to do whatever's required of them. Yeah, because it's important for them also, not only for me. Building a multi-million dollar business surely comes with moments of self-doubt. How do you overcome those doubts and keep your vision steadfast? I had uh, some times of self-doubt also. But uh, rather on the contrary, my belief is that everything in the world is unstable. Also in business like this. I set a goal, go towards it, but change occur. And then my mind advantage is that easily adapt to situations and continue on my way. This is the reason why I'm here now. 
My last question in this section is, your story is a testament to the extraordinary heights one can achieve through determination and hard work. What legacy do you want to leave behind and what impact do you hope your endeavors will have on future generations of entrepreneurs? Everything what I want to tell that women can do everything and even more than they imagine about themselves. And this is the main thing, what I bring to the masses, and I will not try of repeating it. Even you are 17 with 20 doors, a girl, and you can become an entrepreneur. And also with that, you can make an international market, even you're a woman. This is the one thing I'm bringing to the masses, I think. I guess a lovely legacy to leave for future generations as well. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Gaziza. It's absolutely inspiring. But now we've come to the segment of our show where I'll ask you some rapid fire questions, our version of a game show. Are you ready? Okay. What is your favorite drink? It's a Pepsi Diet. Okay. Who is your biggest inspiration? You know, I haven't one person who uh, inspired me. Sometimes I open my YouTube and I write the most rich or richest people in the world. And I'm seeing some videos about these people and uh, all of them inspiring me in different cases. Very interesting. Heels or sneakers? Sneakers. What is one piece of advice you would give to a young entrepreneur? Just don't stop if you will have uh, some problems on your way. Just don't stop. Just uh, make the different way. Even every time you have some problems or you're not believing to the way where you're going now. If you have problem now, just start to go by different way. But don't stop. Don't stop. Look for alternative solutions. I like that. Good advice. What is one thing you do every day, no matter how busy you are? Taking time with my child. Lovely. I like that. Well, thank you very much. That was the end of the game show. It wasn't too difficult. Before we wrap up, we'd like to do our green pill moment. So could you please share an inspiring or life-changing experience that you have gone through, your green pill moment? I think that this moment was from my first story for today. It was from the day when I was seven years old. And when I decided that I will have my own money. It was at seven. Okay. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Because I decided that I will have my own money and I will never work for someone when I was seven years old. This decision gave me this green pill, I think, for all my life. And then by the time you were 17, that's when you started your first business. Yeah. An incredible story. Somebody so determined from such a young age, already with such a clear vision. You don't often hear that. I can say I've, I've spoken to many people and it is quite remarkable to meet somebody like you. Thank you. As I said, your story is nothing short of extraordinary. From Kazakhstan to the global stage, you've conquered challenges, defied odds and created a million dollar empire in just a few years. It's a tale of tenacity, innovation and unwavering determination. And I'm sure our audience is going to really enjoy this conversation. Of course. I enjoy everything what happens in my life. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm a very positive person, even with some challenges happen in my life. I think that's the key, right? Is to always be positive no matter what you're facing. I think that's excellent. Yeah. Before we say goodbye, could you please tell our listeners where they can find and follow you? And we'll also put this in the show notes. 
I have my social network in Instagram, my own page. It's Gaziska M-A-G and you can find me. Excellent. So do you say Gaziska? I've been saying Gaziza. Am I saying it wrong? No, my name is Gaziza, but my friends uh, call me Gaziska. Gaziska. I believe you've also got a nickname, Gazi Mag. Yeah, this is the Mac. It's uh, like uh, first letters of the name my grandpa. And I think this is the part of the word uh, like magic. And I want to inspire people like everything that you do in your life. It's uh, going to be like magic. A very cool nickname to have. I like it very much. Well, thank you again so much for joining me today. It's been absolutely fascinating and inspiring. I wish you all the very best. And for sure, I'll be watching and following your journey and all the new stores that you are planning on opening in the future. Thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me here because it was very interesting and, you know, very inspiring for me also. Thank you so much. And you did excellently. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.